Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, is the future magical for Harry Potter? John Azali could be the next rising star in Hollywood. And is it time for a video game return to the Avengers? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, or Game Source on all of our social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it is sincerely appreciated. It's going to be a great show we have on tap for you today. We've got three great interviews coming up for you. DJ Johnson stops by to talk about the big shakeup in Hollywood with Scarlett Johansson's legal battle versus Disney and his thoughts if it's now a good time for gamers to pick up Marvel's Avengers. Plus, aspiring model and actor Joshua Christian Azali stops by to talk about the types of roles he's looking for and how the acting bug bit him in the first place. And Himanish Goel checks in on the back end of the show to wave his magic wand and see what could be in store for the future of the Harry Potter series. So sit back and listen in to some great interviews coming up right here in the PCC Multiverse. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we are back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. And he's always welcome on this show, the Lakers Fast Break. Anywhere he wants to go to, it's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out all of his appearances on either of my big shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos and Lakers Fast Break. It is Mr. TJ Johnson, and TJ sent me word this past weekend in regards to the news, in regards to Scarlett Johansson filing lawsuit against Disney in regards to compensation she felt she deserves over Black Widow. And we stated on the show, if you get a chance to hear on it, my extensive conversation on this with Josh Peterson on the Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. We talked at length about this, about 
how we think that Disney is just setting themselves up for PR failure and PR disaster by not taking care of this behind the scenes in a proper fashion. Uh, I mean, TJ, uh, you know, she's done so much for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Widow is, a, I guess, I don't want to say a cursed movie, but it, it just it was not set up for success because it was brought out too late. It was brought out during a pandemic. But because of the fact she's done so much for it, you, you got to say, you know what? Okay, let's take Brie Larson uh, in uh, Captain Marvel, or let's take any other standalone film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, go ahead, pay her commensurate to what those individuals are were making. Give her the back monetary gains. If this was an issue of Disney not paying her what it's already made on Disney Premier Access, go ahead, make sure she's taken care of because as Kevin Feige is rumored to be behind the scenes saying, she certainly deserves it. Absolutely. And Joe, uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me on yet again. Thank you for allowing me this platform to to vent some of my frustrations in regards to Disney and their <sighs> aforementioned bumbling of Scarlett Johansson. And this entire debacle, I think, is just it's terrible. And it does leave a very, very staining black eye on the house of Mickey. In regards to what you first alluded to, in regards to when the movie comes out, obviously, you know, you and I discussed this as well. The movie was was definitely late. Uh, it should have come out years ago. And and I think that the box office, office performance, had this been theater-related or not, would have reflected as much. You'd have had a nice opening day weekend, probably upwards of about $80 million, and then you'd have seen a drop. You'd have seen a, a considerable drop. And rightfully so, because by and large, it's it's pretty forgettable. And you hate to see them do that to an actress uh, like Scarlett Johansson, who has been with this thing from as far into the beginning as she could. I mean, her first appearance was in Iron Man 2, and she has been in subsequent Avengers films, Captain America films since then. She's the first lady of Marvel, for lack of a better term. And I think that she deserved better than this. And I think Kevin Feige is absolutely right in saying that she deserves better than this. Now, what I thought was interesting, or what I think is interesting, uh, twofold, is that one, Kevin Feige talked about how important she is to the MCU, not how important she was to the MCU. I found that choice of word to be very interesting to make me think that there might have been something in the future planned for her, um, be it, you know, obviously the multiverse being opened up as it is now. Um, Sky was the limit. Sky is the limit. Sky was the limit. So I thought that was a very interesting choice of words for Kevin. Now, granted, he could have just been speaking to be speaking, but you know, they tend to choose words pretty carefully when they have these these moments. So it led me to believe that there was possibly something in the works for further along for Scarlett Johansson. But in light of this recent thing with Disney, it might not be looking so good. So yes, I do think she should have gotten a rate that was on par with Captain Marvel or Brie Larson. Uh, actually, I think it should have been probably a little bit more, maybe whatever she would have made, adding about 15, 20%. Just because, again, she's got the time in, she's earned her stripes. She earned that solo film. Brie Larson was given that solo film, but Johansson earned that. And what we hate to see as the consumer is we hate to see, especially nowadays, we just we hate to see wrong being done and 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 not having something to say about it. 
I think there is something to be said for the fact that she voiced concern about the fact that it was going to be released or that he was even considering being released to Disney Plus. Now, I think Disney was really up between a rock and a hard place to a degree. I really do. I think they had a decision that they had to make. Ultimately, the movie was getting older and older. They're trying to move forward in their cinematic universe. The pandemic is not really allowing them to. I think they they felt that they had no choice but to release the movie day and day uh, with Disney Plus Premier Access and the movie theaters. Now, the problem that you run into with that is that Disney is essentially a license to print money. You know, Marvel is a license for Disney to just continue to print money. I mean, we're we've been pouring into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the last... 12, 13 years at this point. Yeah. We love us some Marvel, right? And our dollars are shown to love some Marvel. The, the vast majority of people that I know that have Disney Plus are huge Marvel fans. Not that they don't enjoy Disney content, but they are huge Marvel fans. So they want access to everything Marvel. Saying that to say, just pay the woman. Pay the woman what she deserves. Pay the woman what she's owed because she has earned that right. And the fact that we've even got to this point, the fact that it's gotten to the point where it's even become public talks because these talks have been going on for well before, you know, we've caught wind of them. It just goes to show you how nasty this business really can be in regards to working these deals and having to re- rework things. I think the COVID pandemic has hit a lot of people in different ways. And I feel like, I feel like these actors should have been taken care of very similar to the way Times Warner took care of their uh, actors with uh, all these other movies that are going straight to HBO uh, HBO Max. They made sure that they reworked their deals to incorporate the fact that you're going to have streaming sales and they kind of maybe recompensate them for those. So I really feel like it's a stain to the, to, to the, the house that, of M, for lack of a better term. The caveat to that is that it's still the house of M they're still going to print money. They're still going to make money. This is not going to stop them. Um, it's not like Scarlett Johansson is going to be the linchpin that breaks Marvel. Like, obviously, you have Kevin Feige who's ticked off. I get it. You have all these other people who are ticked off. I get it. But the real work will come when it comes time to get back to and continue the cinematic universe that Marvel has built with Disney if they continue to play ball in that regard. I mean, Disney owns Marvel. So... If you're gonna keep playing ball with Marvel. You're gonna, you're gonna really ultimately do what Disney wants, and it, it, it it's it's tough because again, as a consumer, I want my Marvel content. I, I'm I might be being selfish in saying this, but I want my Marvel content. I want more Black Panther. I want more Avengers. I want more of all the above, right? But then the human side of me, the person that knows what it's like to feel like feel like you're undervalued the person that knows what it's like to go in put in hard work for years and years and years while you watch your contemporaries and your your co-workers put in less work but get further along i understand that to my core so it makes it very difficult because you don't want to support that but you also understand that these are actors getting paid to play roles and make believe and so on so you, you you try to look at everything in its own specific context and it makes it very difficult to do so. I, my heart goes out to Scarlett, and I hope that they get this figured out, not just for the MCU sake, but because Scarlett really does deserve that. She's put in that time, and she's she's earned her wings in that regard. And this movie, by and large, even though the timing was ill-conceived, was really, I think, Marvel's love letter to Scarlett. 
if I had uh, any better way of putting it, I, I really think that that's what this movie was designed for. It was just a love letter to Scarlett to let her know how much we appreciate, to let them know, let her know how much they appreciate her and let her know how much she really meant to, to that company. Because really, there was no reason to release this film. There was zero, it did zero for the timeline. It did zero to progress the story forward. This was Marvel's way of saying, here you go. The problem is nobody cared. The problem is nobody really cared. Yeah, but uh, let's let's put this in perspective, though. Let's say this came out yeah. in a non-pandemic format in 2020. Absolutely. Um, even even as late. Yes, it should have come out in 2016, no question about it, right after Civil War. But mm-hmm. let's say it came out in 2020 in May when it was originally mm-hmm. scheduled to do so. Just because it's a Marvel movie in May that got okay reviews not you know it, we, you know we could just compare it and uh, i'm sorry if it's still female to female but captain marvel captain right. marvel was a movie that was not exactly uh, it, I, I guess barely okay reviews i still think mm-hmm. you know it's not Makes it's sense. on my lower echelon of, of favorite yep. films on the marvel cinematic universe it still earned 1.1 billion dollars and yep. that was a movie that was that was a february release this would have been a May release in 2020, and if it was a non-pandemic year, you're still talking about 800 million to a, to 1.2 billion dollars. You're mm-hmm. so you, you need to pay her commensurate to that. Okay, yeah. this is something. Yes, was it needed on the timeline? No. Is this a love letter to Scarlett Johansson and all the things that she's done? Yes. Jeremy Renner gets a TV show. She gets a film. That's another joke in and of itself. But <laughs> this just shows you the love for Hawkeye. <laughs> you know, right. No one loves Hawkeye. Nobody loves Hawkeye. Yeah. It's just, he's just the dude that was there. But that's great hair. Scar- he has great hair, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But Scarlett Johansson, just incredible these all these years. And, yes, Disney had every right to go ahead and do this for her. But realistically, monetarily-wise, had there not been a pandemic – you could probably count 800 million to a 1.2 billion in that range because that's what right. standalone films period that's what they really do around right now is what is in right. that range and yeah. the fact that this was one of the movies after Avengers Endgame it, you know people still get into it with Marvel what's the next thing going forward for the next phase and all that so i think you should have paid her commensurate to somewhere around that just called whatever a billion dollars would have made give her that because with Disney, it's so funny because they send you all these mixed messages. We're for diversity. We're for being woke, as a lot of people like to say that that right. word. And we were for being right. diverse and all that. And you see the changes that they made within their own theme parks. In fact, I just visited the Jungle Cruise last week and saw the revamped version of it after they made the amendments, which were necessary and needed. And they do all these things as far as that's concerned. Diversity talk, you know, their employees are allowing them to be more expressive of themselves. And yet they do something like this. It sends a total mixed message. And I know Josh was joking and he he agreed with me later on in regards to our thoughts on it. But he was joking that the normal average individual says, why should I care about someone for millions of dollars, a million dollars? Yes, I understand it's, it's we're dealing with someone that makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. But still, like you said it best, it's it's about the workplace environment. It's commensurate. I mean, mm-hmm. if this individual, if Scarlett Johansson was someone making $25 an hour right. and there were other individuals being paid well more than that, she and she does the work and she puts in everything necessary, she needs to be paid commensurate to her equals, to her peers. Yeah. 
And in this case, whether it's $25 an hour or $25 million or $30 or $40 million, you need to be paid commensurate to what you deserve. And I think for all parties concerned, it would have been best that they just take care of her and and move on. Yep, I agreed. I wish they would have done it prior to. And I'm hopeful that they still do. Obviously, Nobody likes for these kind of situations to become public. I don't think. And she's inspired so many people. I mean, I went to Avengers Campus uh, at Disneyland the other day, and there's so many people, so many young ladies, so many women, Uh, so many individuals, men and women, wearing Black Widow T-shirts. They they loved it when Black Widow was in live performance and watching her. Why is that? It's because of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Absolutely. It's because of, of her embodying that role. It's because of what she's done over these last 12, 13 years. Uh, even my son is clearly upset about the fact that she's not getting paid. He's, he's out there crying now. He's just not happy about it. But it doesn't change, <laughs> it, it doesn't change the fact that, that the House of M really needs to look into the mirror. And again, find a way to get this done. You know, find a way to make the parties happy. And yes, this is not a good scenario, but it's it's nothing that them fixing it now with Scarlet won't fix with the public. And especially yeah. now, it'll give them the opportunity to say, you know what? We got this wrong. Our bad. Scarlet, yeah. this is for you. You know? And then everybody loves a story where, you know, there's redemption. You know? So Disney has all the tools to get this done the way they need to get it done. They just need to step out of their own way the way that they were that their response to her was just very disappointing yes they made it tonight she was just this complete you know her camp was just this complete set of liars and you know that's very disheartening to see um again especially as somebody that is in a workplace and understands how these actor politics work and how these backdoor deals are done that's not okay people go by off of their word you know their name is their word and their word is a lot of their bonds and you know to try to diminish her and obviously the truth is going to come out one way or the other so one one day we'll know it may not be today it may not be five years from now but one day we'll know what really happened i just i i wish that they would err on the side of protecting the talent protecting the people that are out there making them the money you know protecting the people that are out there putting the seats into the into the butts of the theaters or the subscriptions onto disney plus and truly being the company that they claim to be, you know, you mentioned, um, I had no idea that you were, you know, partaking in that. I only seen a huge pretzel on one of your social media posts and uh, a Thanos type gauntlet, but I digress. My point is they put Which you can get for $30 at Disneyland today <laughs> with your favorite soft drink. How about that? You know, you see and hear about the way they're being more diverse. And like you mentioned, absolutely necessarily so, necessarily so. But also, as you mentioned, it's very disheartening to to see that done in such a public light as far as them trying to rebrand and then they turn around and behind closed doors decide not to pay their top female talent what she's rightfully deserves. It, it is very disheartening and it does send a very, very mixed message. I'll tell you what, my friend, uh, you know, I wish the best for her. Emma Stone is reevaluating her options with mm-hmm. Corella, and I know there's going to be some more issues. Could this be the same thing going on with The Rock and Emily Blunt for Disney's mm-hmm. Jungle Cruise and anything that comes up? Uh, I'm assuming as well, I heard the rumors that we heard nothing from anybody that has done a movie with the HBO Max day and date. So 
I'm assuming that HBO, Warner Brothers, yep. they've taken care of their talent in that sense. Mm-hmm. So it's just the the Disney Plus maneuvers and the the monetary gains that they make that they keep yeah. announcing that they make thirty million dollars in premier access from Jungle Cruise and then sixty million from Black Widow and mm-hmm. yeah, it just pay them what they need to be paid. Pay them like he would have been something that would have been out just full out there on, in the theater marketplace and, and be done with it, you know, because there's only a few of these that you have to deal with that are in your vault that you have to go ahead and deal with. Just take care of your talent. Like, like you said, you, you said it best yourself just right there. Amen, brother. Amen. Hopefully they get it right, man. They got time. They got time indeed. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was J- as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear. We had boobies. And ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who's that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! But before we head on out, my friend, there's still much more to talk about because you've recently told me, and with the latest addition and DLC to Marvel's Adventures, and I'll have you go more into detail about it because it details Black Panther going back to Wakanda in this great new DLC adventure. But is it worth going back into Marvel's Adventures? Because Marvel's Adventures, let's put it this way, has disappointed both sales-wise and critically overall. It's something that a lot of people really wanted to get into. And just unfortunately, it was a paint-by-numbers adventure. Just something that could have been so much more in a better studio. I'm going to say right there, I think in a better studio, they would have had to handle the IP a lot better. But your thoughts on this? I mean, is it time to get back into Marvel's Avengers? Oh, man. So many, so many things you said right there. I've got so many feelings on those. Okay, Don't tell me Square initial. Enix was the right. Let's, let's start out with your down. initial question. Your initial question was, is it time to jump back into the Avengers? My answer to that would be it's complicated. And here's why. It really depends on why you left in the first place. If you left due to the end game content, if you left due to the grind nature that is loot-based systems, loot-based games, if you left for those reasons, then no, no, it's it's not um, time for you to pick the stakes back up and jump back into Marvel's Avengers because by and large, that formula hasn't changed. Now, I will say that over the last weekend, they had a huge event where you received four times XP uh, login bonuses and so on and so forth. So it saw their user base spike pretty substantially, especially for Marvel's Avengers. It was a lot of fun just being able to see how quickly you can get your characters to progress. I own Avengers, and this is, this is how deep into it I am. I told you I love Marvel. I own Avengers on both PS5 and Xbox Series X. I have the game on both systems. I had it on one system originally 
I jumped over to the other because my brother ended up getting it for that system. So I bounced back and forth, but my first one was on PS5. So that's where my majority of my work has been done. Um, so my, my championed out Captain America is with all my Marvel MCU costumes for all those guys. So I've, all my work is on the PS5 version. Saying that to say, I played the Xbox version over the weekend and was able to level up pretty close to where I am on the PlayStation version, again, because of how uh, huge this weekend was. So it was a great time to jump back into it um, if you were already a fan of the game. Let's put it that way. Now, what most people have enjoyed about Marvel's Avengers was not the end game content. What most people have enjoyed was the single player campaign. And rightfully so, the single player campaign, granted, while you may not have wanted to play with Kamala Khan, was by and large very, very enjoyable. Crystal Dynamics, while maybe not the best studio to deal with Avengers post game or uh, post uh, end game stuff, they know how to tell a great story. If you look back at all their Tomb Raiders, Tomb Raider stories are fun. Like, Tomb Raider stories yeah. are engaging. They're they're a spectacle. There's something to be seen. The story campaign of the Marvel Avengers game is a lot of fun. And that's where the addition is coming in in the form of the War of Wakanda DLC that it will be coming to consoles and PC Two on weeks. August 16th, August 17th, August 16th, yes. 17th. Um, 17th. Yes, August 17th, coming to console and PCs. So in that respect, yes, it is absolutely time to jump back into Marvel's Avengers. The role of T'Challa is being voiced by Kratos himself. Listen, Christopher Judge. Judge. Thank you. I knew I knew he was gonna find it. That's what that's what Gerald does. You see, this is this is Gerald in his element. However, um <laughs> the he's gonna be voicing T'Challa and he actually had reservations about taking on that role, obviously due to the 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 late Chadwick Boseman's passing. Yes. Um he wasn't big on taking on the role. He actually turned it down. And then I think uh, he in one of the one of the interviews I've read said that his family almost said that they would disown if he didn't do the roles. So he ultimately ultimately decided to go for it but this is supposed to be set five years after the events of a day and there he's trying to decide you know how to go about helping the avengers if he should step out of wakanda and obviously ulysses claws involved and stealing vibranium this the same try true thing in regards to black panther and wakanda um but what's going to be fun is just seeing playing as the black panther in this type of environment um i think from a gameplay standpoint, again, single player content being what it is, Avengers is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It feels good to play as Captain America. It feels good to play as Thor. It feels good to play as Black Widow and Hawkeye, who's ultimately becoming one of my favorite characters in the game due to his range and his ability to melee fight. I'm interested to see how they incorporate uh, Black Panther and his abilities, his tech into this game, considering the fact that he's not really a ranged fighter and they have ranged uh, weaponry designed for all these players. So I'm curious to see how they incorporate those uh, into the game. I'm curious to see the world of Wakanda and, and how that can be realized in this game. I'm just a sucker for this stuff, man. I'm a sucker yeah. for the mythology of Marvel. I'm a sucker for all of that. So I am excited uh, to see. And this is all free. I forgot to mention that part. You're not paying a single cent more for this. This is all included with the base purchase of the game. So not only did you get the game, you got the Hawkeye expansion, both the male and female Hawkeye expansion, you get in the War for Wakanda expansion, all for free. So even if, uh, I'll finish by saying this, even if this ultimately does not become your cup of tea, Crystal Dynamics has done what they said they were going to do by continuing to give out content 
post-release. And this is post-bad release. This wasn't post-good release where everybody loved the game and they're enthused and, and psyched about keeping people with content. This is after people have been bombarding, and I mean bombarding this game, uh, from the skins to the lack of uh, time it takes to grind or to the amount of time it takes to, to, to level up and the lack of end game content. They've been just destroying this game. And Crystal Dynamics has said they're going to keep, they, they've kept their word. They're continuing to put out content for it. And again, there's no charge for this content. Should have been included in the base game already. Maybe. Absolutely. I mean, they said they were going to do it. So they obviously have plans for it and you can make an argument in that regard, but they're continuing to support it. And I think that speaks loads to a company, especially in today's post CD Project Red and post Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so, yes, I think it's time to jump back into Avengers. If the end game is not what you're looking for, you've got some great single player content coming up August 17th. Well, I, I agree with you on that. It's it's something that if you're into it already or have played it, and this is going to be a great addition for it. Uh, if it's mm-hmm. something that you didn't buy or didn't get into because you had issues with it. For me, I can tell you, it was something that the mediocre reviews and again, mm-hmm. the rudimentary gameplay style and the, you know, obviously the, the quick time things just, it was kind of a turnoff for me. I was kind of a letdown and the fact that the original voices weren't even there either. That's where Enix wasn't even going to spend the kind of money on it. I just, a lot of factors drove me away ultimately from it. But if it's something that maybe later this year goes on the cheap, for a Black Friday sale, you know what? That's a great pickup right there and something you might want to go ahead and expand upon. We touched on No Man's Sky five years later being a game that if you get it on the cheap is going to be an extremely good value. This could end up being two, three years down the line, something that could be along those same lines as well. Absolutely. And, and when we when you say on the cheap, let's keep in perspective that that game can already be found below $30 now. Yeah. Now it's below thirty dollars. I've got I found it as low as as fifteen bucks. So you can find the game on the cheap now. And at that if you jump in at that price point, it's already worth it. It's already worth it for fifteen bucks. But in a couple of years you might be able to find it cheaper and a completed version with all the DLC and all the skins and all that good stuff. So you then you really be doing good. <laughs> it's so funny when the games like that used to two one or two years later put out a game of the year edition right. <laughs> and the game was never nominated for a game of the year so that it, when it when it was current so yeah just right. just kind of food for thought there but yeah. my friend i I'm, I'm thinking about getting back into it if that's the case if it goes on the cheap and picking up a copy so there you go right there but before we head on out any last thoughts anything you else you want to touch on i'm here you have me at my mercy my friend <laughs> i have you at your mercy oh yes man. The oh, pop culture else? mercy right there for what? you. Uh, any last thoughts on the way out? Spread love. Spread love. Be the change you want to see. Well, I know when something else comes up that you don't love or do love, <laughs> you always go ahead and give me the high sign on the DM to go ahead and get you back on the air. And, of course, we will be glad to do that. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts maybe on what if or what's down the road for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe some DC stuff coming along the way. You never know. But my friend, as a resource in pop culture, it's always great to talk to you. And I cannot thank you enough for stopping by right here in the pop culture cosmos. 
if you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for joining us. And I've got a special guest with us here today. A gentleman that you will probably be seeing in the not-too-distant future on your favorite projects that are out there as far as film, TV, possibly even doing some modeling here and there on some famous magazines. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're shooting for. And you know what? I think he can do it because if you get a chance, you check out Joshua Christian Azali on IMDb. And you can check out the demo reel for yourself and share some comments and some encouragement and some kind words to this guy right here because he definitely is deserving of it. And I wish him continued success. It is, like I said, Josh Azali. And Josh, thank you so much for joining us here today at the Cosmos. Thanks for having me, Gerald. All right. I know you're excited to come on and I appreciate your enthusiasm. I wish my co-hosts had that same kind of enthusiasm, but after years of talking to me, I think they're tired of me, but we still trudge on. But I'm so glad to have you here, my friend. As someone who way back when uh, lived in the Southern California area for many years and actually worked across the street and every day saw the famous Paramount Studios sign every single day and the gate looking at him, while he was working across the street at Rally Studios for a special effects company, but wishing I could be on that other side and wishing I could be in front of the camera. I know the work's out there and, and actually intermixing with actors at that point in time. I know what type of hard work and detail goes into it to try and get a job in the industry. But for you getting into this challenge, when you wanted to go ahead and set out on that mission to say, you know what, I want to become a model. I want to become an actor. I want to get it done and I'm going to do whatever it takes. What was the support amongst your family when you told them that, about the direction you were going to take? So the support is, I didn't tell them actually. Until no? I had a process and it's, it was a really good thing to know if I did ask. I just said, I got to try it. And I paid my tuitions and everything, my schooling. Done four years in theater school from still out of Hollywood. And I've done a year already and a half of like modeling. And it's just been a very cathartic experience ever since. And they're very willing now because they know I'm, I actually need it. I, I want to be pursuing acting. I want to be pursuing modeling. This is my passion and what I want to be doing. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely very encouraging to see that type of drive and ambition. And I know as a, parent myself of two teenagers who are starting to find their way in the world it's great to see that type of ambition when you see it in your kids and just to see that kind of drive right now looking at you i'm just wishing you all the best on that but you know it's a rough road i'm not going to tell you in mince words on that because my experiences dealing with actors like i said back then were tough as far as the rehearsals the roll calls the the jobs that you want to go for and the competition that you have, you have to have a certain niche. You have to have a certain look. Not saying you have to be the prettiest, not saying you have to be the handsomest. Sometimes it's a different look altogether that will get you in Hollywood, far in Hollywood, I should say. 
So when you, on the acting side of it, you know, what are you looking to go ahead and, and target for roles early on? I mean, you know, you see it in this, all the trade papers, well, I should say trade sites now, that back then it was trade papers for, for me looking for, for spots to rehearse in or go roles to go for. But what are you looking for in target roles that you now want to target? So, well, essentially, I don't really have a choice of what roles I could pursue because I need any kind of work to sort of build up that I'm serious about this. I'm just like, I'm not sort of guy who wants to become an actor for like a year and then stop. I, this is what I want to do forever. But if I do did have that, and once I become more established and have the prerogative and merits otherwise, I'd love to go for drama, dramatic, dramatic circumstances. is something I my favorite for. And in theater, theater will always be in my heart for that. But I'd love to be able to come into the industry with film too. And other genres as, such as uh, action is another one that's pretty cool to be doing. Comedy is a cool one too. And romance is like, eh, sure, I'll try it too. But I want to be versatile. I want to be able to play these characters on screen and not be sort of, oh, that guy is the action character. Or that guy is the funny guy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that Hollywood is now more diverse than ever in the amount of roles that any individual can go in after and get, although it needs to get farther, it needs to get better, and it needs to do more. I'm going to say that right off the bat, but it is a step in the right direction. And as someone who I think could, you know, if given that you have the talent, you have that it factor, which is what, you know, these directors and producers are, are seeing. They don't see you. They see dollar signs behind you. That's basically what they're going to be doing. You know, do I see Joshua Azali as someone that's going to bring me some cash or bring me some ratings or bring me something that, that, you know, a lot of the individuals out there are looking for. So is he going to have that it factor? Like I said before, so I am hoping for you. I'm hoping that you can bring something of a, some type of je ne sais quoi, so to speak, that, that they're looking for. Cause you know, it's such a cutthroat industry I mean, my, my time dealing in Hollywood, I, I know it that to be a fact uh, firsthand that it, it is uh, very cutthroat and people that you think are, are with you or not. And sometimes you might find the, the best allies in some of the weirdest places. So it looks like you're up for it. It looks like you're, you're ready for it. And as someone who is going to be out there, I mean, what types of roles are you encouraged by seeing these days that say, you know what, I can do that. I can I could definitely go for that. It, someday I can achieve that level of, of success. The roles that I look up to in terms of um, in terms of film and acting industry, I love Tom Tom Hardy. He's a he's a great actor. William Defoe's a great one too. Versatile. Oh yes, yeah, he's very versatile. It's not he's he goes for the art. He goes there to bring the directors vision to life. You know, well, he can transition. He transitions from something commercial to something artsy and he can do it within the same calendar year and do well at both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like he is there to really give the art and that's what I really aspire to be. I admire that. It's, it's not about like, Oh, I like to have fun in the, the film industry. I mean, that, of, of that course too, but it's more, what can you give to people at yeah. the end of the day in their nine to five job? You know, what can you offer to them? To relax and sort of be there and have this sense that it's it's not it doesn't it's not mundane like that. There there is an entertainment out there. There is something that we could give to them to 
to really remedy the nine to five job. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to speak to another Steve Joyner client and shout out to Steve Joyner. You know, he does a great job trying to promote all of his clients and, and not a day goes by when I might not see uh, Steve Joyner right there on my phone like I did earlier today, confirming everything going with you. Uh, he had some more clients he wanted me to talk to. And one of those I recently talked to is another aspiring actor who's gotten some work in his own country and now has come over to the United States. And as I'm sure you see on Steve Joyner's social media, he is living the hashtag actor's life. And that is Einar Haraldson. And Einar who we had on this show, you just got a great spirit, just like yourself. Look, you know, with the bright eyes going into this industry. And from his perspective, it's kind of different because he's doing it at an older age than both you and myself. He's doing it at an age in his advanced years, but he's following, like you, his dream and his passion. You know, he, he already indicated to me what, what following his passion is like. And you can see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice. And I hear the same from you, but... Living out this dream as you are trying to do right now, just just tell me what kind of rush it feels like from time to time when you get those moments where, you know what, I really think I can do this and do this well. Exactly. So I come from a medical background. I was studying kinesiology at Cal State Northridge, and I wanted to become um, a physical therapist. And I just said, you know, I like it, helping people, you know, nine to five, easy stuff, right? Just I can live with this, but then... As I was going through the schooling, I saw students really have this bigger passion behind it. They're saying, wow, I really love human body, the biomechanics. I sleep on it. I wake up to it. It's like, you know, as reflecting with that, I don't think I really did have any of that inspiration behind it. I don't really have the same eye-to-eye understanding of this degree. Well, I got a degree, and at the end of it, I just said, no, I'm... I don't think I want to do this forever. And what what is, I just needed something, what can I give to the world and help, in a sense, that is a medium in art? And it, it just had to be acting. It had to be that. I can honestly say I've read so many plays, so many theaters, done so many scenes. It's been something I, I can honestly say I sleep and wake up to. It's what I want to do forever. And that's the type of passion you have. And it's something that, you know, I'll equate either the acting industry or the pro wrestling industry, but they tell a lot of young aspiring pro wrestlers and actors that, okay, that's great that you want to get into the business and have a passion for it, but have something on the backup. And at least it's good to hear that you have something, break the glass in case of emergency that you have to go ahead in, in case something doesn't work out. But, you know, I have a feeling it probably will work out for you because again, just hearing your spirit and the enthusiasm but you also said there's some modeling that could be in your future. And, you know, I know you probably have all the sheets out there and probably have all the, the portraits and the pictures and the glossies and all the stuff out there that they do for, for modeling. As I get sent to me from PR companies all the time that this guy wants to talk to you, this woman wants to talk to you, and they have all the headshots galore and all that. I mean, when you interact with modeling companies, is this a new experience for you as well? It's um, It was something I was touching on the side. It wasn't a main thing that I had in my repertoire. I mean, since I, since COVID was sort of a, a big deal for a lot of people, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that really start. It's a, it, was, it was a bad timing for me to actually start this acting career. So I just, but I was still getting auditions here and there. And, mm-hmm. and I just thought I need something else to sort of explore too. And I thought, 
modeling's kind of cool. You walk around, look good, right? And it's, <laughs> I had some good photos too, and I just started submitting myself for a lot of things. I did a I did a runway last weekend, and it was amazing experience. I have a whole cool. yeah yeah a whole Instagram is portfolio based off of that. Just it's a uh, it's great stuff. So I could honestly say that. Yeah, do model on the side. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Although, if you're a successful actor, they will come to you. They'll want to go ahead and have you pitch their watch, their perfume, the cologne. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, you could go ahead, like, coming out of the swimming out of the water, you're coming out of the pool. Like, there you go. Make sure you, make sure you buy this. All right. There you go. Sometimes somebody's saying, Lancome, you know, Paris, you know, so something like that. So, it, I'm sure that, that uh, I hope. Anyways, that, that will come calling for you as well upon your success. But one thing, like I said, I did have aspirations to be in front of the camera at one point in time in my life. But, and that's how I review films. For instance, there are certain performances and certain films that I look at, and I see it from, well, what if I was actually sitting there? How would I pursue that? How would I would go ahead and act it? Do I think it's being done at the level I think that it should be done? And I know that you since you've started this this journey, probably do the same thing. You go and you watch a television show or you go and watch a film. You, you look at it from a perspective of someone that if I was in there, if I was standing in that place as a, as a camera and the, you know was going on and the director says action, I'm looking at it from that perspective. Do you find yourself doing that more often than not now? So before, I used to be on autopilot when I didn't, when I had no aspiration to be perfecting such an avant-garde craft as acting. But now it is true. I see it and see how can I do that in my interpretation? How could I make these choices and actions under the circumstances that the characters being played on screen? It's very, very true. Yes. Yeah. It's just something that, okay, let's say somebody's uh, going for emotions. You're really trying to emote what's going on in order to impact the viewer, impact the audience. And, you either take that as a note that that's something you could use on as an influence, or maybe it's something I could chew from a different angle or what, you know, if I was there and I was looking at, at doing it, at scene for maybe I could go ahead and look at it and approach it in a different fashion. Or you, you take notes and say, you know what, that's maybe some way that I would like to go ahead and do it going forward. If I was working on something similar. So I, I can really get what you're looking at right now. And it, it's great that you're taking those notes. And I'll tell you what, it just is, you know, I'm wishing the best for you, my friend. Wishing the best for you. But, again, it is Joshua Azaley. And, you know, you got to go ahead and check out Joshua Christian Azaley on IMDb. You take out a look at his demo reel. But by the time, hopefully, you and I talk from one year from now or in that range. And I re- approach you again. And hopefully, you will have forgotten about me. And hopefully, you'll be so rich in your mansion, you know, with your 10 Rolls Royces from your job with marvel now working on your 10th marvel movie that you won't have to worry about speaking to me and you're like who is this but one year from now let's say what are your realistic goals and i'm just joking when obviously when i say that but what are your realistic goals one year from now let's say i wanted to go ahead and approach you for an interview one year from now what are you looking to realistically achieve by that time for within the year i want to say honestly feature film so even just not even a main role just somehow be able to be in a feature film, have the speaking role, even be SAG eligible and everything. Just arrange Get your card, get the card and the whole nine yards. Yeah, be very established. Be, no, not not established yet. Sort of 
coming in, crawling into it, not establish it, just already it takes time. It's you want to be a name on, on people's lists. You want to be a name yeah. that the, that the studios start talking about by that point in time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But if I were to realistically have uh, the mindset of it within the year for me, I just want to be able to have been in a film already in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So please go ahead and just give him a shot. Let's just see what we can do for him. Give him a shot out there. If you're working on a major project, please go ahead and give him a shot. It is Joshua Christian Azaley. You can go ahead and check out his IMDb today at where else? Joshua Christian Azaley. You can check out his whole demo reel. You can go ahead and contact him through the SJ network. Maybe talk about some future possible television movie roles, modeling. Plus you're on social media as well. You just mentioned Instagram earlier, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I do have an uh, Instagram also. It's more geared toward modeling, but you can see how it looked like there. J.C.Azali. That's my Instagram handle. There you go. Absolutely. So please check him out there and then do what you can to go ahead and support him. Like his social media. Social media presence is always good. And if he already has one growing already, that's always great to have uh, support because it's something that I think uh, now these studios are looking into. Say, oh, he's got a little bit of a following. Maybe we should uh, go ahead and give him a shot. So, yes. Definitely, if you're out there and you're an aspiring director or you've got out there a project that you have in mind, he's a great fit for you. Go ahead, Joshua Christian Azaley. It is definitely a pleasure having you here. Cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speaking to me to speak to me. And I wish you continued success. And in a year from now, I'll hit you up, and hopefully, your agent or your handlers will brush me off saying he's too busy for you because he's got so many projects that he has to do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gerald. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. And thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, and we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. One of the things I don't get to talk about much on the show, I'm not a huge fan of the series, but I know there are millions out there are, Despite the controversial author that has tried to go out of her way to try and alienate quite a bit of that audience. But still, there are so many people that do love the Harry Potter franchise. Harry Potter! Harry Potter! So you're going to hear me say that throughout the interview. No, I'll, I'll try to avoid as much as I can. But in all seriousness, Harry Potter franchise and IP has meant millions to Warner Brothers. But what is the future for the franchise? The Fantastic Beasts, the second movie. The first movie actually was did pretty good. It was well-liked by a lot of individuals out there. The second, unfortunately, did not meet that same level of critical general audience and overall box office success. So what is the future of the Harry Potter franchise? And what should it be? There's so many possibilities still out there for the Harry Potter franchise. And here today to talk about it, is a big fan of the Harry Potter franchise, much more so than I. But I'm always here, want to know more about the Harry Potter franchise because I know my 
not only my fans, listeners, and also my family at home, all like to hear more about the Harry Potter. There's a lot of huge fans out there. I've, I've experienced it quite a bit with my family over the years. And here today to talk about it and the future of what's to come for the Harry Potter franchise that maybe he would like to see is a good man indeed. It is the returning individual who is from a great university. And you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today for the VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, the Rams. It is Hamanish Goel. And Hamanish, great to have you back on once again. Thank you, Gerald. It's a pleasure being here. So, yeah, in terms of the future of the Harry Potter series, I mean, you know, when we saw the journey of what Harry Potter, Hermione, and Ron have been through, you know, they've kind of delivered in terms of the story and, like, the magical arc as to how you you get that wizarding experience. And then when they decided, to, when Warner Brothers decided to go a little bit back in time with the Fantastic Beasts, they did a good job, like you mentioned, with the first film, but it didn't meet the expectations of the second one. But I think, to what I think should proceed after the crimes of Grindelwald not doing as well, is that, you know, maybe because the plan was to have at least five of the films in the Fantastic Beasts series. So Well, there's still one more on the way. There's still one more that's coming up. Uh, I know Johnny Depp's role has been replaced, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. by Mads Mikkelsen is now the actor that's going to take over that role of, of the deadly beast that's behind all of this treachery at that point in time. So we're going to go ahead and get a, get a replacement for Johnny Depp on that because of all those troubles, legal troubles and divorce troubles that he's gone through. And yeah, we're going to see a definitely a new approach to this with Mads Mikkelsen as far as replacing Johnny Depp with the, the Grindelwald character. But I think it's just not, I, I don't know if Fantastic Beasts 3 does well that they will continue with the five, but there are, there are more options out there for Harry Potter. I mean, there's the, the issues when it concerns Harry Potter down the road because streaming is now a thing since Harry Potter series has ended since the fantastic beast two has ended. There's been the advent of HBO max, which has now become a major powerhouse in the streaming industry. They're always looking for content and it's not just for movies. There's been a rumored television series that could possibly be in the works. There is something that I would like to see, which again, uh, for me, I don't have a great invested interest in the series before, but you know, if, Harry Potter can go ahead and be rejuvenized. I think if Harry Potter, the character can be brought back. If, if those type of things that we saw before in the past, like you said, you had such a great time watching the series and watching the movie. But if Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, that can be adapted into whether it's a movie, a series of movies, or a television series for HBO Max, I think that would probably be something that would be awesome because if you could bring back the characters and that are so beloved and the stars behind it that are so beloved, I mean, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to bring back everyone from that. I mean, it it just seems to me that's going to be a hard deal as far as that's concerned, but I think you could at least try to bring who, you know, I'm not sure if you can bring Emma Watson back because she's now a high priced actress that really demands uh, from a role. And she may not want to go back to this role, you know, that she's already played for so much through her life. And then you have 
you know, other individuals like Rupert Grant probably could take it because he's he's been doing this and that, but he hasn't gotten anywhere near the kind of uh, acclaim and box office reverence, uh, you know, long lasting. And then Daniel Radcliffe, whether or not he still wants to play the role, he could be totally burnt out of the role for the rest of his life. But if if something could happen there, would you be more interested? Because I know a lot of people out there would love to see a revival of the old cast and crew coming back into the play in a new or older version of Harry Potter, yeah. middle-aged Harry Potter, a dad Harry Potter coming back to save the world once again. Yeah, yeah. The everyone, I I can still go back to the pre-COVID days when the Cursed Child came out. I think it's been a while since that's come out, but like there's obviously, like you mentioned, a play on it. But yeah, I, there were rumors where. You know, they were thinking about the Cursed Child, but they weren't because it's kind of the eighth book, kind of like the return after the death, the Deathly Hallows, you know, the the son of Harry Potter. So it would be interesting to see that in a kind of like in a twist. But they they um they were so just like how Fantastic Beasts was like a journey part of the Wizarding World. J.K. Rowling has two other books around that. She has like another two books, which are very similar in terms of like the, just the wizarding world for, for the Harry Potter. Because I feel like one of the things they could do is they create a whole new cast for Harry Potter with like a new Hermione, Harry, and Ron. Well, that's probably what they're going to no. do. I mean, I could see that happening. If they do a series, it, you, we've already seen it already where they send the series to streaming. It's based off of Harry Potter. It's not going to recreate 100% from the books, but they're going to take a lot from the books and maybe do a little bit of this. And they're going to create a, you know, a new Ron, a new Hermione, and a new Harry. And that that's great and all. And re, revisiting that would be great. I think still think it's a little too soon to do that. I think yeah. bringing those individuals back, those same individuals back, Rupert and Daniel and Emma, back at an older age with them being parents and seeing it from their perspective and having to save the, the world once again uh, or save all the muggles or, or whatever you want to do and, and having their kids interact and maybe kids being a, a integral and crucial part of it as well yep. and maybe end up saving the day on their own from you know and saving their parents ultimately after it looked like the parents would have to save the day something like that i would love to see a series of films going back to that because that to me would be more appealing seeing Harry Potter coming out of the minivan after a soccer game and saying, Oh, well, Oh, guess I gotta, guess I gotta save the world once again, you know, something like that. And just to see that type of, that would reignite a lot of fans interest, not only for the young, but for the individuals who have followed Harry Potter since the late nineties and early two thousands, when the movies first started soon after. So I think that's probably the, the, the best place to go. But I mean, do you see that happening? I know with the advent of streaming, you know, these streaming providers, they need all the content they can. And so they search oh. out these these tried and true and trusted IPs. And I understand the Harry Potter IP has been through a little bit of rough play with the Fantastic Beasts not getting over entirely. But as you mentioned, the play that came out, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in 2016, could be something that could be developed or maybe something totally brand new. But Himanish, it's always great to have you on. Always love to hear your thoughts on pop culture. Wishing you continued success at VCU. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. I know you're very eager to come on the show. I truly appreciate your 
your response as always. Looking forward to hearing your continued thoughts on pop culture every time out right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much to TJ Johnson, Joshua, Christian Zali, and Hamanish Goel for joining us on today's program. Tune in on Monday's show when we'll have a review of Suicide Squad, South Park's Big Deal, Manifest Success on Netflix, Disney's Galactic Cruiser, Back for Blood, Squishmallows, and the controversy with the new Jeopardy host. All this and more coming up on Monday right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for everyone here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Okay, promo for the Flopcast. Let's go. First, I need an adjective. Uh, naked. You need a noun. Wombat. Place. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Number. Uh, 251. Okay then, the Flopcast is a naked podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, and wombats. Find us on the ESO Network and Flopcast.net. Go ahead and listen to it in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. <laughs> 251 times. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.